Welcome into Inside the Den, your look inside Lee's McRae Athletics. Inside the Den is produced for the sole purpose of keeping Bobcat fans in the know and can be found on our website, lmcbobcats.com, or on SoundCloud. Just search Lee's McRae Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tim Hall. Welcome back Inside the Den. I'm your host, Tim Hall. We're back at it here at Lee's McRae Athletics with another guest, with another perspective, with more stories. I'm sitting down with the head coach of the men and women swimming team, Sean Weddle. Sean, welcome inside the den. Tim, thanks for having me. Well, been looking forward to this, um, you know, to learn more about your background and your team and, uh, and how you have gotten it off the ground here. But first, I wanted to just ask you a simple question. How in the world did you end up the swimming coach here at Lee's McRae. Yeah, it was a journey. Um, so we'll go back to 1999 is where it all started. Actually, well, we go well before that. So I grew up a swimmer. Okay. Uh, grew up in Columbus, Indiana. Swam for a club team called Donner. Um, numerous state championships. Um, very prolific club swimming. Um, then went on to swim for Columbus, actually both high schools in my, uh, home, hometown, Columbus, Indiana, Columbus East and Columbus North. We had two different high schools. I swam for both of them, uh, freshman, sophomore year, one junior, senior year, the other, um, went on to swim at a junior college, Indian river, which is yeah. now Indian river state college used to be Indian river community college. Um, swam there for two years, transferred to the university of Kentucky, go wildcats. Um, and then did some other things for a while. Got back into coaching um, at the high school level. Coached actually the uh, one of the high schools that I was um, swam for, Columbus East. Uh, coached there for two years, um, and also coached for the Donner Swim Club, uh, the age group kids, eight and unders, um, and ten and unders. Um, and then moved on. My first coaching gig was in 1999 at Southern Illinois at Carbondale, Illinois. Um, I was the assistant men's coach for two years there. Um, from there, I went on to University of Akron, um, and then from there, I went on to Clemson, and then took my first head coaching job at University of Louisiana Monroe, and then went on to another head coaching job at Limestone College. So your pathway as a coach, you know, is like a lot of others, especially in the ball sports. Absolutely. And, you know, you bounce around a lot. Right. Uh, and you just sort of go where the opportunities go, and... You know, it's just a fascinating timeline and process. You and I are about the same age, so we, you know, it's interesting for me to kind of read about your background. Um, and, you know, you come, you know, you come to the Boone area. Right. You have family reasons why you're kind of, you, you did that. Uh, and then Lise McRae starts this program, and you just wrapped up your second season. What made you want to take the job of starting a program from scratch maybe yeah. tell that story yeah so uh i guess a little brief um thing too so the reason we came to the area is my wife is a professor at appalachian state okay um that's what brought us to the area um we've been here since 2009 um i was working for appalachian state in a different capacity there for the last eight years before taking on the position in 2017 2018 um you know I had done this before at Limestone. Um, I took over a program at Limestone. They had had a one-year existence for their women's team. I actually started the men's program in my second year. 
then my wife, uh, so all these stops that I had mentioned along the way, my wife is acquiring education. So okay. she completed her PhD at Clemson. Um, so after my second year at Limestone, we then start following her path, um, which took us to some other schools. Um, and eventually our journey ended up here in Boone um, at Appalachian State. So I had done this before. Um, love coaching. Um, love the sport of swimming. Love the sport of cycling, too. But yeah. uh, love cy- or swimming. Um, so, you know, it was an opportunity. There, there aren't really many opportunities, as we're both aware, up here on the mountain um, from a coaching perspective, particularly swimming. Um, so that's where my path led me, you know, in different ways. When this came up, actually, Katie Wall, who had joined the faculty yeah. um, the year prior, um, close friends of ours, um, she had mentioned that there was a possibility. And then once it happened, it was it was kind of a no brainer. It yeah. was like, you know, wanting to get back into it. Yeah. Well, yeah. None of you know this, but Sean and I knew of one another long before he became a coach here. And so when it was announced you were becoming a coach, I had no idea you had a swimming background. Right. And here you are because you and I have raced uh, against one another many times over the years uh, in bicycle races. And I was kind of pumped and excited that uh, that you were going to be a part of what we're doing because I know you're a tough competitor and you, you know, you want to win. Right. Uh, and so here we are. Uh, you just wrapped up your second season and, you know, you've had some, some really good success. And so I, like, I don't know much about the sport itself of swimming other than what I've watched on the Olympics. But, you know, you have really done a really good job of bringing in athletes who can compete right away right and it's evident with the success that you had uh, at last year at the conference championships and also this year in the conference championships so maybe explain okay our jobs are the most important thing is recruiting right you know absolutely and so that's got to be tough when you're getting a, a program off the ground to lure athletes here and you did so from all across the world it looks like right maybe share one what it was like recruiting, getting the team off the ground, and then you wrap up the season and you've got a conference champion on your hands. Right, right. So, you know, going into it, you don't, you kind of have a plan devised, right? Um, you kind of, you think you, you, this is the way you want things to go. Um, and you start in the process of recruiting and, and bringing on a variety of different people and hope that it's all going to accumulate in the end. Um, the one thing I found is that I know from past experiences that I knew I had to have some um, elder statesmen on the team. So that was going out and inquiring either junior college or transfer of some other colleges. You know, today, you know, back in the day, we didn't have the transfer portal. It makes it a little easier today. You can hop on the transfer portal and see from an NCAA perspective, you know, see who is capable of transferring and who isn't kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a little easier. Ironically, the program that I started at Limestone was dropping their program. Mm. So that enabled me right away a jump start to get into possibly some upperclassmen to transfer into the program to help start it. Meaning they were dropping their program as we were starting ours here. Correct. Yeah. So the program that I had helped started back in uh, 2005 was you know, actually dropping. And ironically, so I, you know, I started the men's program and I was using two of their swimmers. Actually, one of them was transferring from another institution to Limestone. And by talking to the coach there at Limestone, that is, 
I found out that he was going to transfer. So I in turn started communicating mm -hmm. with them mm -hmm. and, you know, they had a free carte blanche kind of transfer policy right. because they were dropping their program. Right. So ended up bringing uh, two young men on that were coming in as juniors. And I think that's been pretty prolific in helping us establish our program here too. Yeah. Maturity really does matter no it's, matter what the sport is. It's huge. I think it's, it's one of the things, you know, as, as all of us as coaches, we want to have success. Um, unfortunately, when you're an 18 year old coming in from high school, you know, you don't quite understand what that means at the college level. And it can be, it can be intimidating, mm -hmm. um, at any sport. Yep. Um, so I think having those upperclassmen that have been there, done that and understand what it does take, I think helps not only you as a coach, but helps lead the way as well too, um, as a peer and what that means mm -hmm. going forward. Yeah. So you, you go through the first season and how big was your team the first year so we had we started off um with seven women and s seven guys so we had 14 total okay and i think from talking with you swimming is a lot like cycling where you've got different events different levels right. and you're trying to trying to win points and all these different things right. to compete in the conference and you know if you've got the numbers then you're going to be near the top and um and, but it sounds like you filled the gaps really well and you get the conference championships and the first time there and you have the first ever bobcat conference champion maybe uh, who was he uh and what did he compete in and, and just what did that really mean for the team as a whole yeah, that was that was huge. I mean, Arsham Mizari is Iranian. Um, he was one of the transfers from Limestone College. Okay. Um, he, again, he was very instrumental in getting us going. Mm -hmm. um, I can't express that enough. Uh, my gratitude toward him coming here is immense. He's um, he's a great young man. He is obviously graduating this year and moving on. He he set the tone. Mm -hmm. I mean, he came in, you know, he, he had, he had brought, he brought with him some fast times. I mean, he was a good swimmer before he got here. Um, I want to make that you know, pretty clear, yeah. but you know, he was able to, uh, to improve, um, especially in that event that he won the hundred fly, um, pretty greatly as well too. So and it allowed him to compete and obviously win that conference title. Um, and that's, you know, that's huge because I think you're, you, when you start a program, you know, there's a couple of different ways to go at it. I, my approach is I wanted to bring the best in that I could and start competing as quickly as possible versus just having bodies on a team. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to be as competitive as we can possibly be, even though the numbers maybe weren't there. And in dual meets, as you mentioned, dual meets are a little different situation. Um, touch on that real quickly. It's, you know, it's very hard to be competitive in, in the sport of swimming if you don't have uh, – the Jimmy's and Joe's, okay, or the Susie's and Joe's, I should say. Yeah. So if you've got to have the bodies, but you also have to have those that are going to be able to win events um, because there are so many events and the points are tallied by each event. So it's it's very important to also have the numbers, but also clearly to have individuals that can perform as well too. Yeah. So yeah, back to our Sham. I mean, it was it was a pretty big uh, a pretty big feat for him to accomplish in the first year of the program for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, and I imagine that has a trickling effect with everybody. You hope. Yeah. You hope. You know. Yeah. 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 My experience has been that it that it does, and you know, uh, to have someone with that ability, it you know 
helps others believe, okay, if he can do it, I can do it in a couple years if I'm a freshman, so to speak. But then you come into, you know, the new year, uh, second season, and, you know, is a a little bit more of the same, but different names, different faces. Uh, And you just wrapped up the season a few weeks ago, uh, had another conference champion breaking records. Correct. And so maybe talk about her a little bit. And, you know, Molly sounds like she's a lot like, Sham and her competitiveness and her ability uh and you have a couple others too yeah you had not just one conference champ you had two conference champs if i'm if i'm right maybe speak about what they contributed to the team and and the difference they made yeah so again going back to that you know that transfer um you know so i took my experience and also my uh knowledge of indian river and went down and and sought after recruiting to swimmers in indian river um, mm-hmm. That's a junior college, and so they're only there for two years and then transfer out, obviously. Um, so seeking out that, I'd been talking to numerous, talking to the head coach down there and, and seeking out, you know, trying to get as many as possible to transfer in. Ultimately, Molly Laid um, and Christian Nishimura both decided to transfer here to Lime, or to, <laughs> excuse me, to Lise McRae. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, you know, again, so that leadership coming in, you know, they're both – they've done what they needed to do, right? They've been freshmen and now sophomores at the college level. They know from experience what it's going to take to be successful. So that helps immensely again, coming mm-hmm. in and having that experience. So upperclassmen again, they come in. So yeah, Molly uh, had a tremendous year. I mean, she won two events at the conference, both the thousand and the mile, and set two new conference records in doing so. Um, and set them uh, pretty pretty handedly. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had a, a, an amazing year and she was actually second by five tenths of a second in the 500. So she almost won three events Ooh. by less than five tenths of a second. So she's, you know, she a tremendous, tremendous asset um, to have her. And we'll be back next year. We'll be back next year for her senior year. Exactly. Um, Christian, um, he was second in two events and he won one of his events that he swam individually as well, too. Both of them are also a part of relays that I want to say that, you know, did very well as well yeah. in a meet. But so Christian, too, you know, Christian was um, less, uh, about a second, if you will, off qualifying for nationals as well, too. So that is a, that's, I think, for our team and our program, um, the next step would be obviously increasing our numbers yeah. uh, and, and getting up to where we need to be competitive from a numbers perspective. But the next step also, too, from a competitive standpoint, is getting someone qualified for NC2As. Yeah. And I firmly believe next year will be our year to do that. Yeah. Well, and, and that segues into what I want to talk about next is just you've got stepping stones as a program. Right. You know, and you alluded to that, just how to get it off the ground right. and being competitive and how these things gain momentum. And that next logical step is, um, okay, now the competition in the conference knows – Lee's McRae's legit. They've got some people who can compete. And to just like basketball or softball with what they're doing, hey, get to the tournament. Right. And and it just continues to raise the bar. The right. ceiling gets raised and and you keep doing that. So what are along with getting to nationals, what what do you see as the say the next two to three years as what you would like to see and what you're working towards happening within your program? Yeah. So, you know, having this immediate success, you know, to, to take a quote off a field of dreams and Kevin Costner, if you build it, they will come. Right. So, you know, ideally that was my approach to this all along. I wanted to approach it where 
we set a bar um, of success and competitiveness and performance that is there. So when recruits start looking at us, they see, oh, well, they've only been around for one or two years. However, this is what they're doing already. Mm -hmm. um, so that was that was very important. And I think we've established that. And so moving forward is, yeah, getting more, obviously, again, going back to the number, we, we need more people. Mm -hmm. uh, we need um, more bodies, but doing it in a, in a quality type of way. Mm -hmm. um, and then going forward, and then obviously, as I touched on, is obviously getting qualified for NC2As and obviously moving up in the conference. You know, that's another thing from a, you know, as you and I both know, you know, from an individual sport perspective, you're, you've got, you know, the sum of the whole, you know, you've got the, each person doing their own thing, but they, they're going to equal them. You know, the, the, the team is ultimately the sum of what each person does. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the other aspect of this too, is that we get people coming on as we mentioned, and all of a sudden we're now we're, we're competing possibly for a conference championship or at least moving up yeah. in the conference itself too. Yeah. Well, that's gotta be exciting. Uh, and yeah, gives you a lot to, to look forward Absolutely. to, gives your athletes something to be excited about and anxious about coming back for next year and, and uh, it should inspire and motivate them. You know, the next thing I want to kind of touch on is with our backgrounds, uh, you know, especially uh, it's an endurance sport. Right. And what, I, what struck me about reading the news about this past season, I thought was outstanding. And I'm not sure a lot of people would really grasp how how big this is is that uh out of 36 swims at conference championships 24 of them from your team were personal bests correct and so what that means is of course they're peaking at the right time right and that's such a difficult thing to do to peak when it matters the most where your fitness and your strength and your competitiveness and your skills all come together and it's like bam it happens. Uh, you know, ball sports, you want to get hot during the playoffs and, and uh, tournament time. And But explain a little bit about what it's like from a swimming perspective. Of course, I know it from cycling. You do, too, because you're a cyclist. The importance of periodization and your workouts and it all building towards this biggest moment. How tough was that and how gratifying was it to pull that off? To say it's tough is an understatement. It's yeah. when you're trying to get, you know, again, we, we competed this year with 14 people. Um, it, it, as that number goes up, the, the, <laughs> it's quantifiably harder to try to get those personal best to be yeah. achieved by all those people. Right. Yep. So yeah, we had, we had a great year last year. We had a, an exceptional year this year. It's, it's really, really hard. I mean, because you're looking at it from a perspective of you want each individual person to be competing at their peak at the same time. You, you've got to take into account sickness. You've got to take into account each person's own mental state. So, you know, you're dealing with human beings and it's obviously it's it's uh, who are full time students. Correct. Full time students. Most of our team. As I mentioned, you know, we have some upperclassmen have transferred in, but the majority of our team are underclassmen. They're freshmen and sophomores, particularly freshmen. So now you're asking, you know, an 18, 19-year-old to perform at their best after, you know, going in two semesters of their first year of college. It can be, it, it's, it's, it's challenging. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you all, everybody has their own approach to that. My approach is one of where it, it seems to have worked for me over the years, I've stuck with it and it's still continuing to work, but it is, uh, it is very difficult. We had a couple actually going into conference that were sick. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have to, you know, you have a plan in place, but then that plan, it gets pushed to the wayside. When you get sickness, it's like, okay, we just want to make you better. Yeah. You know, before we compete, you have to be better. So all of a sudden you're changing things for each of those individuals too, and hoping it works out because you don't know at that point. Um, but it worked out, it worked out well. It's, yeah. uh, you know, for both years, you know, we had, again, some tremendous, tremendous drops at the end of the year. Um, and it was, uh, it was fantastic. It was yeah. actually a lot of fun. Well, for those who may not understand endurance sports mm -hmm. like swimming or cycling, I firmly believe that all sports in some shape or form is an endurance sport mm -hmm. if it's a long season. But ours in particular because our athletes are, are walking. I tell our team this often. You're walking the tightrope. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's a razor's edge, and it's very fine, and you have to really be careful with every decision you make, how you stress your system, and how uh, tough and durable your immune system is to be able to handle the training, handle the stress of everything else in your life, to then for it all come together when it matters the most. It's a very, very difficult thing to do. And a lot of that you can control, but a lot you cannot. <laughs> You know, uh, but you did a fantastic job this year. I, I I think that's something that people should be made aware of, that 24 out of 36 were personal best, and just that that might not happen again, uh, and that's going to be difficult to do for next year. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if it happens again, I'll be, you know, I'll be even more ecstatic because, yeah. you know, obviously you're talking next year, you know, we want to be anywhere from 22 to 24 people total. Yeah. Now you're talking, you know, in the essence – you double the number of people that you potentially have on the team. And so now you've got to double the number of, of hopefully the outcomes as well too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, you know, endurance sports, swimming is a little different in this terms of cycling in the sense that, you know, we do have, you know, sprint events, you know, and, and honestly, even our longest event as we, you and I were talking earlier, you were talking about the 1650, which in, in swimming terms, that's the mile, mm -hmm. you know, that's still, you know, at the longest, you're talking, you know, 18, 19 minutes um, at our level. Um, it's faster. So that's still a relatively short event. Um, but in swimming, that's the, you know, that's that's long. Yeah. You know, unless you're doing open water type of stuff, three, five Ks. So it's, it's there's still, but the, the approach to that, which is interesting. So I'll touch on this real quick too. Cycling has actually allowed me to look at swimming in a different frame of mind. Hmm. And the reason is this, is that so often over the years, the approach to swimming has changed immensely in how training is done. I think one of the things that's critically happened is that a lot of people have become leg swimmers versus arm swimmers. In other words, they're finally realizing that their legs are what's actually propelling them in the pool mm -hmm. and their arms are just an added advantage and, and taking that in. And we really stress that here um, quite frequently. But one of the things I've really looked at is from a training load perspective, I'm looking at swimming over the years. And when I swam, for example, it was all about the yards. And I mean, yards, yards, yards. You just you got in there and just did it, right? Mm -hmm. You just kept pumping it out. I started looking at that approach and thinking, well, okay, so the longest event is this and compared to cycling, which, you know, in cycling, you know, if we go out for a four or five hour ride, that's a pretty long day yeah. for that training load for that particular day, right? Yep. Which most of them in our level, specifically in the master's level, you know, we're not probably going to do four or five hour races no. um, unless you're doing a gravel ride or something, right? So 
essentially you're you're not doing that many rides at the, you're doing the same you know in combination so you're not going out day after day and doing four and five hour rides for the most part at our level particularly so i thought it from an approach perspective here we are this this event being the longest event is only you know at let's say at most 20 minutes but yet we're going in the pool we're in there sometimes two three hours in length right yeah we're putting out triple or quadruple the amount of yards that one longest event's going to be yeah just doesn't from a load no. perspective doesn't make a lot that's of sense that's a lot of training stress absolutely and then going into what you already mentioned the stress coming in as an, as an 18 year old yeah. from an academic perspective being away home for the first time so you know my approach is a little bit differently and and advantageously cycling has allowed me to look at that a little different approach um and and just how that load is going to affect each individual yeah yeah that makes sense that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, uh, I get that. Yeah. And you know, man, hopefully for the other cyclists yeah. out there too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because periodization really matters. And absolutely. Uh, finally, last thing yep. I want to touch on is uh, our facilities. You know, I don't know if everyone out there realizes that yes, we have a swimming pool. Mm -hmm. uh, it it is has provided you this opportunity to get the work done that we're talking about, but it's not ideally suited you know, for competition. I don't, you, I don't think we even can, can we? I don't think we can host. We, we can, it's okay. just, it's, it's very difficult. Okay. So m for the most part, you're on the road each and every time. Correct. But we have the facilities we have here and maybe just share a little bit about what we've got and how you use that. And we were sh talking earlier about how just, uh, the way the pool is built itself helps you out a little bit when you do go on the road at better right. facilities. Right. So, you know, swimming is about resistance. Um, you and I were talking about this a little on, you know, I, I equated it to a time trial, um, going back to that cycling analogy again, but swimming is, you want to create the least resistance possible. And, you know, as human beings, we're not meant to swim efficiently. We're not fish. So you're trying to create for each individual, finding that fine tuning of them to be as an efficient person in the water as they can possibly be. Um, and it, and it goes, you know, I continue to stress starts and turns because those are the two points where you're the fastest at any point in any swim. And then we go on to the strokes and try to refine strokes and stuff, things from there. Our pool, as you mentioned, is one that, you know, uh, going back to the resistance aspect. So waves in a very efficient pool, they dissipate very quickly. Waves tend, they did, we have what's called spillover gutters and the waves will just basically dissipate as the, 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 each competitor goes down the pool. In our pool, it's the exact opposite is happening. We're actually having waves. It becomes almost like a, you could probably put a surfboard in there on some days <laughs> if we're sprinting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, so the advantageous part of it is that we're having to fight through that, um, train at a very high load as well too, um, a very high level. And then when we go to these other pools that are effectively much faster, it actually helps in that regard because we've done this in a way where the pool is, is not – um, as efficient. And so it's allowed us to, uh, I think be helpful in that. Well, regard. it's almost like taking a weight off your shoulders. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, there's, there's different ways to go about adding resistance in swimming. You know, you can do it in a variety of ways. Huh. Um, and our pool is, is one of those ways. Yeah. I mean, that we can go about doing that. You know, the facility is adequate from a training perspective for sure. Yeah. We've got, um, you know, we do only have five lanes. Um, which typically most pools, if you were to walk anywhere, is usually there's six at least at a minimum. Um, and, you know, then you go up to the, you know, the most eloquent facilities in, in the world. I mean, you've got, I mean, if they're 50 meters by 25 yards, you've got 30 lanes yeah. plus and then 10 lanes of, you know, of 20 or 50 meters as well. So, um, but from a training facility, 
you know, the, my approach is this, is that it is more than adequate for training. And typically most swimmers around the country are not swimming their championship meet in their pool anyway. So for me, if for training purposes, it more than meets our needs yeah. um, and allows us to do what we need to do. Would it be fantastic to be able to compete in that pool um, here too? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. One of the things that's happening though in Boone, for example, is they're building a brand new recreation center. So actually starting next year, we're going to be able to host at least one, if not two competitions in that pool. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, it'll be. So that's going to allow, you know, some people that haven't seen swimming before and be friends of the swimmers come and take a look and see what's going on. Oh, I think the students will get a kick out of that. I'm hoping. I hope we can load up some uh, mini buses and send them over, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, man, you've done a really good job, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Because it's been fun. You, it's just as I learn more about your story, how what you have been through and your experiences as an athlete and coach and mine, so similar. And we can talk about that after the show um, and just what you've been through and what you're trying to accomplish and, uh, you know, make that light shine brighter and bigger so that more young people who can come in and make a difference are going to come here and see what you're providing and how you can make them, one, better swimmers, but also better people. Uh, but man, I really appreciate you coming inside the den today, sharing the story. I appreciate being in the den. It's All always right. a pleasure. All right. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, Sean. To listen to this episode again, or to find previous episodes, go to our website, lmcbombcats.com, or find us on SoundCloud by searching Lee's McRae Athletics. And as always, go Bobcats.